Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. People like, say, Secret Service agents are trained to remember faces and to watch people while they're on duty and make the connections. The rest of us, not so much. And proof of that happened last week in a dive bar in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Thirsty Beaver Saloon, as it were. As it turns out, one of the world's most recognizable faces walked into the bar, ordered a beer, leaned against the table, drank said beer, took in the ambiance of the dive bar, and walked out without anyone recognizing him. Guess the other bargoers didn't realize the Rolling Stones were in town and Mick Jagger likes to sneak out for a beer after the show. Some of the people who didn't know he was there were in fact concert goers who had spent $400 for floor seats, but didn't know the rock legend was having a Bud Light right next to him. Well, you wouldn't expect it, that's for sure, Cliff. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And he, I mean, in all honesty, Cliff, and I'm not trying yeah. to be harsh here by no means, but yeah. the yeah. man's rather thin. If he turns the wrong way, he's going to get, you can compare it to see he, um, he has a waist of 28 inches. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so, leaning against the bar, as you described there, yeah. kind of looks like a, in my mind anyway, like one of those dirty bar towels, you know, just kind of hanging <laughs> on the side of the bar. <laughs> he looks like a dirty bar towel. <laughs> the rules of the game of golf have changed some over the years. Some changes are now meant to speed up play so more people can get on the course. Other rules are meant to make the game fair for everyone, but they all carry the basic concept that the honor system is the most important thing in the game. Basically, for the average player, you are your own referee. Interpretation of those few simple rules can cover just about any situation a golfer will encounter during play, except for perhaps this one. It started on the third hole at the Kraft Farms Golf Resort in Gulf Shores, Alabama, Saturday, as a foursome told the course ranger that someone was blowing an air horn on their backswings. Now, that probably falls under Rule 11 of the USGA publication about outside interference. It means no penalty. But it's the part that happened next where we find the hole in the rule book. As police say, a dude came out of the trees along the fairway and began to yell at the golfers. And during that altercation, somewhere between six and ten other people appeared from hiding spots in the trees and started to beat up to beat up the golfers. And the resulting beating was so bad, three of them had to go to the hospital for treatment. Investigators later heard from the victims that the perpetrators were wearing ghillie suits and other camouflage gear in an effort to hide before they attacked. And my question is this. Dudes were all carrying golf clubs. <laughs> which consist of long sticks with heavy pieces of metal on the end, things that can hurt you. Was the element of surprise so great that you can't even bring a golf club to a fistfight? Maybe they're just really bad, Cliff, and they can't <laughs> hit a person with their club. <laughs> Might be right. I was thinking the same thing, though. How can somebody <laughs> sneak up on you when you got this long stick in your hand that's, like, <laughs> deadly? Yeah. <laughs> and why would you want to beat up golfers anyway? I don't. I don't understand. Either. Police are like, we. Why? Why is this happening? We don't know. No one knows why they would want to beat up the golfers. 
You should get to throw your ball. Throw it, Cliff, <laughs> as far as you want forward. Yeah, see, that's not in the rule book. Well, it should be. If you get beat up, you ought to get something oh, out of it. It's like it's like it's like a bonus stroke. There you go, a bonus stroke. A bonus, yeah. Bonus Here's, yardage or something for being beat up on the golf course. I sure could have used your help around here yesterday at Country 98-1, Cliff. <laughs> what, what happened? Well, you know what happened. Everybody's been talking about it. AP's been talking about it all morning long. Oh, you mean the uh, Facebook issue? Yes. How did that affect you at the radio? Well, it seemed to have went down yesterday. I didn't know anything yeah. about it. I wasn't playing on our Facebook page, and... Everybody yeah. around Country 98.1 was coming to me going, what should we do? What should we do? Like, I can fix it. And so I'm like, <laughs> well, my only suggestion, Cliff, was turn it off. Turn it back on and see if oh, it works. See if it works. And they looked at me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, who's the idiot? You're asking me if I can fix a Facebook problem and I can barely get my computer on. <laughs> You need the help of Cliff Ingram on this one, not me. And yet, and yet no one contacted me. <laughs> there were no emails. There were no text messages. There were no phone calls. It's almost like they've forgotten I'm the IT person, and they think you are. Well, maybe the turning it off and turned it back on is what fixed Facebook for them. Maybe my suggestion <laughs> fixed the whole problem, Cliff. Oh, you think so? Well, <laughs> The it, fact it, that someone in the sales department at Country 98.1... Turned it back on and fixed it for the entire planet. Because I suggested it. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I should get an IT badge for this. Cliff, I'm hoping you can interpret a voice message we received. Oh, okay, sure. I'm not really sure what this means, and it's the um, entire statement in about four seconds, okay? Okay. Morning, Weed. Morning, Cliff. Sorry I don't have time to use my thumbs. What does that mean, Cliff? Sorry, I don't have time to use my thumbs. Why would you call in? <laughs> it sounds personal, is what it oh, sounds oh, like. Oh, oh, I know. Um, typically, when people are texting on a, you know, like an iPhone or something like that, they're typing with their thumbs. So he would have texted in had he had time to do so. So, because he was short on time, he called to tell us. He was too busy to text. <laughs> but not to give us the... Um... To whatever he was talking about, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> We've uh, had a long-standing, uh, well, statement on this program that no mm -hmm. good story involves a machete. <laughs> this is true. But I think I have one. Really? And it involves me and a machete, Cliff. You if we've got and a time. machete. Yes. Weed and a machete. Yes, it happened yesterday at my house. <laughs> no. Well, at my house, yeah, there's a huge gap between my okay. sidewalk and my house that yeah. over time I filled in with caulk. And it takes a ton of caulk because there's like a bottomless pit down there and it's hard okay. to uh, get it filled in. Yeah. Well, my caulk went bad. Okay. And you don't want bad caulk. No, so, definitely not. So... I was trying to pull that out of the uh, crack yesterday, and I was about yeah. to wear myself out because you can't hardly grab that caulk and get it out. It's stuck down in there. So I got to thinking, what can I do? What have I got here? And I remembered yeah. I have an old machete that I bought years ago that I've never yeah. unleashed it before. 
Ooh, so, yes. It was brand new. Wow. It's brand okay. new, and I hated to do it because on the flip side, yeah. it's got a saw thing. You can, like, saw. Oh. Yeah, okay. and it's heavy duty. Yeah. Okay. So I got this thing out, and I started, you know, pushing down yeah. on the caulk mm-hmm. with my uh, machete. And it was working yeah. fantastically. It was like cutting through it and pushing it down in the crack. And I thought, this is yeah. beautiful. But it wore, wore me out. I'm okay. like panting like a dog because I'm not in very good shape. And I'm sweating like crazy. My, <laughs> I mean, I've got sweat running down my face. My shirt is absolutely soaked. And I'm halfway through. That's yeah. where I'm still at. I had to stop. But I'm like wore out. And a car okay. pulls up in my driveway. Yeah. And they pull up, and I thought, now, who's this? So I come walking around the side of my house from the back Mm -hmm. with a machete in my hand, sweat pouring (laughs) off of me, and my shirt's all wet. (laughs) And the guy from Illinois, because I saw the plates, had his window rolled down. And when I came walking around the side of the house, he looked at me and just took off around the (laughs) circle drive and left. (laughs) Like I was back there chopping people up, and he had interrupted me or something. It's like, it's like I stopped to ask for directions, and around the building comes a sweaty man carrying a machete. Here comes Jason around the corner in broad daylight. And I'll so, get my directions elsewhere. And that's where it happened. He took off. I wish, Cliff, I had saw this uh, survey back whenever we were speaking with Jackie Young in our studio several What's years your- ago. What survey is that? Well, the survey says that if a girl's ring finger is exceptionally yeah. long, yeah. she stands a very good chance of becoming a very good athlete. Hmm. Okay. And I had never heard of that until today when I read that survey. And I thought, boy, that would have been kind of cool when Jackie was in here to see if she has a ring finger that's really long. Just to see if that kind of, just, you know, plays up to the study. Okay. It also says if the uh, lady's middle finger is exceptionally long, yeah. she stands a good chance of greeting me on the highway at some point in time. I was going to say, I think for you, it would be a lot easier to see a woman's middle finger as opposed to her ring finger. Seem to do that a lot on the roadways. I don't know if I'm a bad driver or what it is. <laughs> time now for Take It to the Bank. I had no idea, Cliff, this went on on airplanes. What's that? Almost every airline requires mm-hmm. the pilot and the co-pilot to eat different meals at different times, and they're encouraged, both of them, <laughs> not to ever eat shellfish. Did you know this? I, I, knew, uh, I knew the first one, but I didn't know the second one. And, of course, they do that in case, you know, yeah. something's wrong with the food, and that has happened yeah. before on a Japanese airplane. All of the passengers got sick, except for the pilot and the co-pilot. They had steak, and they did not get (laughs) sick. And I saw something else, Cliff, that I thought was really strange. As a passenger, you can go on there and pretty well read anything you want to read while the flight's going. Yes. And even though the pilot and the co-pilot are really, really important, the most important thing is the takeoff and the landing. (laughs) That's correct. They have some uh, free time on their hands whenever they're just, you know, nice and easy flying. At cruise, yes. But uh, Delta Airlines won't let their pilots read anything 
that's unrelated to flying the actual airplane that they're in. Oh, okay. I that mean, is a boring I, trip right there, I Cliff. <laughs> I, I knew that basically above 10,000 feet, you're in uh, cruise mode, and uh, it's basically, you know, the autopilot's on, and you can talk and, you know, conversa- have conversation, and I always thought they could, you know, read or do whatever, but below 10,000 feet... It's all business. I knew that. I'd kind of like for it to be all business all the time if I'm on the plane, though, <laughs> here's, Cliff. <laughs> here's, here's another thing I bet you didn't know. Since we're on the, you know, the subject of aviation, you know how the flight attendant will serve you a drink, alcohol or otherwise, and if it's a, uh, if it's a cold drink, use a clear plastic cup with ice in it. You, you know what I'm talking I about? I know exactly what you're talking about. And if you order coffee, it's a... It's a uh, white styrofoam cup, usually with the airline logo on it. The pilot, you will never see the pilot drinking from a clear cup because it might be misconstrued that he's having a mixed drink. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) I'm totally serious. So if he gets a Coke, they're going to give him a coffee cup with ice in it to drink from. (laughs) The perception of safety there. I can see that, yes. Yeah, it may not be actually safe, but it's perceived to be safe. Yes, well, all of that you can take straight to the bank. Cliff, was there anything said today? Yes, indeed. Morning Roadshow phrases of the day start with number three. Bonus yardage for being beat up on the golf course. (laughs) Number two. You can't hardly grab that caulk and get it out. (laughs) Have you ever tried? I've never tried. It's impossible. (laughs) Ken told me to beat it in the grounds, what he told me. He told you to beat your caulk. Yeah, that's what he said. (laughs) Not use a machete on it. Correct. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. And the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, I'm sorry, but I don't have time to use my thumbs. <laughs> I'm still kind of puzzled by that. This is a little strange. It, very strange. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.